Hey everybody, this is Jerry Bites. My name is Davis, an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. And we're here to bring you another weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Please remember to check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at StellarGRE.com and use the code BITES for 10% off any membership. Okay, so we've done an episode on accuracy versus efficiency, and we've done an episode on how to best uh, improve your efficiency on the test. So I thought, let's do an episode on how to best improve your accuracy. Makes sense. I mean, how, what is the, what are some strategies for just getting the right answer? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, if you can't get the right answer, everything is sort of like meaningless, you know? Um, so... Right. I mean, at the end of the day, we're here to get the point. And if we don't get the point, then every all the time and effort that we've expended on that question is wasted. Right. I mean, efficiency, right, is just being able to consistently get the right answer in in a time managed way. And we've talked about how to improve that. Well, efficiency is just moving through the question faster, independent of whether you get the question correct. Okay, but so accuracy is getting the question correct, independent of how long it takes you to move right. through the question to balance those yes that's what we talked about in that episode back in the day which is the pendulum of accuracy versus efficiency the more efficient you are the less accurate and vice versa in general right so and we and we talked about how the strategies for moving efficiently through we've talked about different strategies even recently about diagnostic tools about skipping offensively defensively on the quant section mm-hmm. yeah so um but once you get into a problem how do you get it right? Yeah. So the reason why most students are inaccurate on a GRE problem is because they are time traveling. Dun, dun, dun. They're moving through time. You didn't think that you could, but you do it all the time. So what do I mean by that? Um, what I mean is there is a gap between where the student is mentally and what the student is doing behaviorally. There, and the easiest, most common example of this is that they're thinking about the next step of the solution while they're still finishing the step that they're currently on. This means that they are only like maybe a half a second into the future, psychologically, mm-hmm. but they are still time traveling. And it's that gap between where their mind is at and what their hand is doing, what they're doing behaviorally to solve the problem that creates the possibility for carelessness to enter into the solution. Mm-hmm. When you are not giving your full undivided attention to what you are doing right now, it is very easy for something very minor to change outside of your awareness. So the solution to time traveling is sustained mindfulness. Mm-hmm. More than, okay, so there's really like three steps to getting a top percentile score on the GRE. One, you have to get the question right. Mm-hmm. That's actually the easy part. Two, you've got to get the question right in 90 seconds or less. That's the efficiency part. Yeah, and that's tough because a lot of these questions are designed to trip up students who are used to solving problems like math, like they were solving questions in, in math class in high school. Mm-hmm. And in many respects, it's just not possible to solve this problem in 90 seconds using the strategies that your math teacher taught you. Mm-hmm. So this is where people like me come in who are teaching students strategies and techniques to get to the question, to get to the solution faster. But even that's not enough. The third step is getting the question right in 90 seconds or less, 
a hundred of them in a row. Mm-hmm. That's really, really hard. That requires a level of concentration that we just do not reinforce in our culture today. Even our movies, our entertainment isn't four hours long anymore. Back in the day, people could sit and watch a four hour movie. Now we don't even have people who can do that. They can't even be entertained for four hours straight. I mean, man, soon these YouTube, these, these Jerry bites are going to be on TikTok and whatever, 90 seconds or less. I wonder, do you think we'll be TikTok famous one day? No, me neither. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's my point is that like when listener, when's the last time you sat down and did one thing for four hours? It's very, very hard. And in the, of course, if we break down this four-hour task, what we're really getting at is that there's 100 questions in that four hours. Each one of those questions has several steps to it. Mm-hmm. So the key to accuracy is being perfect on every step of every problem over four straight hours. The only way I know that that is possible is through the practice of mindfulness, which means giving your full and undivided attention to the present moment. The way that I liken this to students who are approaching this concept for the first time on the test, it's sort of like walking in such a way that you come to kind of a full and complete stop with each step. Like you you take one step and there's a pause. You take another step and then you pause. You take another step and you pause. If you are not used to walking like this, it's going to feel insufferably slow especially if you feel like you have some place to be. You're going to think that I don't have time for this. You're going to become subjectively impatient. You are going to want over time to walk faster. And that is basically where people trip up. It's very hard to trip if you're walking the way that I just described. Mm -hmm. And if you're going for those top percentile scores, especially for the quantitative section, You have to understand that every step is an opportunity to trip. Every step is an opportunity to take a misstep. You miss one point, you're already down to 167. It's brutal and unforgiving. And that means that if you just are time traveling for a half a second somewhere over the course of that four-hour test, it it doesn't mean you absolutely will make a careless mistake, but it significantly increases the likelihood that you will. And so that's really where the test kind of hands you your ass. Yeah, so so you've got accuracy getting the thing right. That's easy in a contained one question, you know, one off. Efficiency moving through them uh in the right time and then this precision over 4 hours of continuing to hit the accuracy within the efficiency benchmark for a sustained period of time. So to in order to maintain that mindfulness, in order to maintain that presence of each step, stop, pause because it's not just because you could do that as an exercise slowly. Like I could take a step, pause, really feel both feet on the ground, take a step, pause. But I have to do that at a rhythm in order to get through. Yeah, that's a good point. So what are the, what's a strategy? I've heard you talk about like, um, like, you know, uh, sub audible vocalizations. Great. Yeah. So is that, that's an accuracy strategy. It is. One of the best ways to develop that rhythm is to solve GRE problems at the level of speech as opposed to the level of thought. Thought is like lightning. It moves at the speed of light. It's conducted through electrical impulse, which is unbelievably fast. The issue with thought is that because it's so fast, it can very quickly become derailed. 
Um, it's very easy to take a, a wrong turn somewhere and end up in Albuquerque, as it were. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a problem because often taking shortcuts are, is the long route to, to your destination if you're not very, very confident about that path. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I found is that solving the questions at the level of at the rate of speech is just a much more humane way to approach these problems. Uh, when I was teaching my live in person class in San Francisco, I would give live demonstrations of full sets near the end of the course. Mm-hmm. And in that 30 minutes or 35 minutes, I would read all the questions out loud, explain my entire thought process verbally to the students present and still have time left over on the clock. I absolutely know that you can read all of these in a calm, measured way, completely explicate your thought process in complete sentences, and still have time left over to solve more problems. And that helps increase, improve your accuracy because it slows down and minimizes those errors of time traveling that you talked about. It can, for sure. Um, it definitely, uh, one, one reason, there's many reasons why solving on the level, the rate of speech is helpful for this. One of them is it creates, um, let's say, a committee of senses to review your work. Yeah. If you're just using thought, you're primarily relying on your eyes to take in information and to process your solution. And your, your sense of sight is actually the easiest one to deceive. If I'm saying a question out loud and describing my solution out loud to myself, now I have at least three senses involved. I have my eyes, I have my ears, I'm listening to what I say, and kinesthetically, I have my mouth and my teeth and my tongue. So basically, there's three parts of me that are kind of watching, figuratively, what I'm doing to make sure that I'm not messing up. It provides more sensory feedback if something is an error, it, you can catch it. You're much if you're, more likely if to you're catch seeing it. a question, but then you say it differently than you see it, you you catch it immediately. If you say plus while you're thinking of the next step, but you're like, you know what I'm saying? Instead of thinking Absolutely. of the next step, if you're saying it and then you're writing it, you can see the plus instead of a minus. It doesn't always happen, but it, it increases the likelihood that you will catch those errors right. because you're basically giving yourself an opportunity to experience dissonance, mm-hmm. which is like something that I heard didn't match up with something that I saw. This, wait a minute, something feels weird. I need to go back and look at that more carefully, probably because you were checked out and mentally time traveling. Right. So yeah, that's one of the reasons why solving a rate of speech is, is humane. It also is like a, 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 just a more measured um, way of solving a problem. The rate of thought is, it's like our calculators work at the rate of thought Mm -hmm. through electrical impulse, and nobody is that fast and accurate. So slowing it down to the rate of speech is still plenty of time, but it's more on like the human level, not a machine level. It's the human level of problem solving. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And uh, uh, I just want to let everyone know, this is like a high level tip be able to do. I mean, it could, I mean, it also, like you're saying that measured pace, it, it uh, also better regulates like cortisol levels and stress response and everything like that. Oh, that's a good point. Um, and we evolved for speech and dialogue. Uh, absolutely. It's a much older skill. Yeah. Um, it's, it's deeper than, than reading and writing. Yeah. For, yeah. 
So uh, again, high level tip, everybody go at the rate of speech and you can find out much more on our top rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode of GRE Bites. Again, if you have any topic you'd like to discuss or dive into further on a future episode, please reach out. Let us know at stellargre at gmail.com.